Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield, mad skills, lottie dotty. Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the pod, and watch out for the kids, EVT is out here broadcasting, EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast. Hello, Padres fans, and welcome to the hundredth episode of the East Village Times podcast. Uh, I know you are expecting a huge to do, but you just got Patrick and I today, so enjoy. What's going on, Patrick? Yeah, I mean, we switched up the intro, so I think that counts as uh, something worthwhile for the 100th. <laughs> yeah, really. I guess I did 99 episodes with the same old uh, spiel, and, and I decided to change it up a little this time. But uh, we are back after, what, a month hiatus that we haven't been... Has it been that uh, long? Yeah, I believe it has been about a month. Oh, man. Um, That's my bad. I mean, the timing between the two of us has just been bad. Patrick's been really busy, uh, and the times that he's been available, I've unfortunately not been. So it, it is what it is, uh, but we had some time today during, uh, ironically, the All-Star game, and uh, we thought we'd bring you a little podcast uh, news, maybe a little bit of review of the first half of the San Diego Padres. Uh, Patrick, I don't know, your thoughts about this team that sits at uh, where they forty and fifty nine currently, with the uh, worst record in the National League. I honestly did not think they would have the worst record, so that's a little surprising. Um, yeah, I, I won't say I expect them to be good. Um, I I didn't think they were going to be this bad for the last you know two three weeks, which was kind of surprising actually. Um, mm-hmm, they were playing mm-hmm. a little bit better. People were getting excited and saying maybe they could go for it, and obviously that was stupid um <laughs> to lack of a better word um yeah. but i didn't expect them to kind of face plant this hard um and kind of regress so much um it, it just kind of seems like the whole team has really um kind of clocked in i guess a little bit it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of fight doesn't seem like there's a lot of will um and it, obviously it's hard when you're playing for a team that's not really going anywhere this year and there's kind of a lot of turnover on the roster i think so uh yeah kind of interesting to see them where they are currently um, but I can't say I'm I'm surprised by the overall record in terms of um, I think they played over their head a little bit earlier in the year and now we see I think the regression hit pretty hard um, the last few weeks. Yeah, you know I don't think they're the fourth worst team in baseball, which they are statistically right now. They are maddeningly inconsistent, and it, it's just what you get when you have a young team managed by a first year manager or first term manager who's basically still learning the game himself so I fully expect this team to get hot get on a run and move towards towards 500 not not they're not going to get to 500 but they could move towards that and and, and kind of get Padre fans a little more jazzed up about about the team it's just it's frustrating when I see Padre fans that are upset with playing this team and are poo-pooing the future of the franchise and whether or not A.G. Prowler and his regime are the right choice because 
you know, we didn't expect them to win this year. So I understand they played well a month ago and they were giving people false hope. But, you know, baseball, people that follow the game and know the game knew that this team wasn't good and, and knew that they were down, they were going to fall. Uh, Patrick, I mean, what 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 do fans expect out of this franchise? I, I know it's a, been a long long time since we've had any kind of relevancy but I mean can even the most negative fans can't they see the positive direction that this team is headed I mean I, I don't think it's that people don't see it I think they're just getting antsy um, yeah. like you said it's been so many years since this team has been competitive I mean it's been since 2010 that they even had a winning record so it's been a, it's been a rough slog here um, so I, I guess I get the the uh, anxiety a bit and kind of the, the will to win so to speak Um I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily think this team is on the way to 500 this year. Um, I think kind of how they've been playing is pretty much what they are. I mean, there's been some guys playing underperforming a bit, but I mean, if if you think about if they start trading anyone at the All Star break, whether that's bullpen pieces or any other one else on the roster, I think the team could theoretically get worse. I mean, barring guys like Luis Arias coming up and you know performing well, um, mm-hmm. I don't really think this team is much better than what they've looked like. Um, so I don't know if they crawl closer to 500. They might actually end up being uh, more of a 65-70 win team this year, which is what I thought they would be. I mean, I thought they would win maybe maybe 72-73 at most. I, I wasn't seeing them any closer to 500. Mm-hmm. Um, now I see them maybe even closer to 65 wins in that 65-70 to you know 70 range. Um, but, I mean, you look at the roster, and it's just been really underperformance across the board. I mean, when, when Travis Jankowski is arguably your third best player by war. I know some people want to poo-poo war, but, um, I mean, he's been valuable in the base pass. He's been valuable in the field. I mean, his offense has obviously dropped off, and you don't expect him to be nothing more than a battle league average hitter, if that. Uh, obviously, Manuel, Manuel Margot has not progressed. Um, Austin Hedges has not really progressed too much. Um, Eric Hosmer's been pretty much awful, and I think that's safe to say. Uh, mm-hmm. Jose Perella's just been awful. Uh, Carlos Asuaje's not really progressed too much. Galvis has been awful. Um, Cordero was a bright spot for the, a bit there, but now he's out, obviously. Renfro's been a bright spot, I think. Um, he's been better than expected. I, I still don't think his current level is a major league everyday player, but he has been better. Um, somehow A.J. Ellis has been pretty darn good, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Villanueva's been very up-down. So there's a lot of guys here that I think out of the whole team, really, I think only one player is really hitting their potential now, and that's Will Myers, which is kind of weird. Um, I don't think anyone really thought that. I mean, obviously, small sample. He's only been back for what, like less than 100 plate appearances, so we can't really read too much into it just yet. I, I want to give him the rest of the year to really see where he's at, but he's definitely impressed so far, so who knows if it keeps up. We've seen this before. Um, we've gone down this path, so it's just a matter of time until we see kind of who he really can be um, at this point. Yeah, it's... For this team to finish 71-91, and 91, which they finished in 2017... They're going to have to go 31 and 32 the rest of the way, and that just just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So this team's going to lose more games than they did last year. Do you think that pressure is going to be starting to be put on Andy Green uh, as far as results and as far as growth and whether or not his job's going to be in jeopardy when it comes down to it? I've, I mean, I've already heard. Padres Twitter going off on, on on him, but that's to be expected. I mean, they do that on a, on a nightly basis. I mean, we've heard the 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 fans that are upset with Green before the season even started. So, give me your thoughts on Andy Green moving forward. 
and whether or not you think that he is the right man for this job and whether or not you think that the Padres are fully committed to him. Um, to be honest, I've actually kind of soured on Andy Green. I know me and you both were big supporters of his throughout the first few years of his tenure, but mm-hmm. this year there just seems like there's so many questionable decisions with lineup, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm usually the one that says lineup doesn't really matter that much, but in terms of who you're playing, I think it does matter. And the fact that Jose Perella basically... Other than Freddie Galvis and Eric Cosmer, he leads the team in plate appearances, which to me is just ridiculous given how really god-awful he's been over the last um, however many months now. I mean, I know before the year I was saying just play him and see what happens. And I mean, Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, we both I w- did. I wasn't saying that he was better than Hunter Renfro. I was just saying that until he gives you a reason to not play him, you play him. And he gave you that reason like three weeks into the season. So yeah, it's yeah, been now, I, what, three months since he gave you that reason to not play him and nothing has changed. So that's obviously a big negative in the corner of Andy Green in terms of bad management of a lineup. And there's, I, I really don't understand why Perella's playing. I mean, unless A.J. Preller is forcing Andy Green to play him, which would be yeah. questionable, or if Andy Green's playing him as kind of an F.U. to the front office because Luis Sirius isn't up. I mean, that's kind of silly. But there's got to be something there because there's no reason for playing a guy like this so hard. But, I mean, if you look at Andy Green's quotes – He's he's been quoted as saying that he likes Jose Perella, he likes the way he plays, yeah, blah blah blah. Yeah. And that's to me that's all bullshit because you look at the the numbers and he's been he's been terrible. I mean, since yeah. since the last the last thirty days he's batted seventy six times. He's got a fifty five WRC plus, which I mean, <laughs> save for Eric Hosmer and Freddie Galvis, he's been the worst player on the team. And obviously Eric Hosmer is not a true talent, you know, eight WRC plus, which is what he's been at the last month. He's got a sub two hundred on base percentage. Um, obviously, that's not who Eric Hosmer is, which we'll get into more of that later. Um, Freddie Ga- yeah. Galvis sucks, and I think we all knew that Freddie Galvis sucks. We acquired him knowing that he sucks, and we were all <laughs> so enamored with, oh, he's going to play good defense. And honestly, who gives a shit because the pitching staff isn't good, and I know they say, oh, he provides so much value to these young pitching, the young pitching staff. If you take a full season's worth of innings and a full season's worth of balls hit to shortstop, it really doesn't move the needle that much. And sure, you might the confidence. I know you can't measure confidence in a pitcher, and that's great. I get that. But at the end of the day, he's not a good hitter. He's a, a hole in the lineup. And if you throw in Austin Hedges, you throw in Manny Margot, you throw in apparently Eric Hosmer. There's like five holes in the lineup, and you can't have a lineup of of eight guys with five holes and then throw in the pitcher. Two thirds of your lineup is shit. So there's really no surprise that the team has not won pretty much any games the last three weeks because the lineup is just garbage. And yeah, yeah. until you fix that, and obviously Manny Margot has been playing better. Um, Carlos Oswahe has been a, a man possessed since coming back. Myers has obviously been good. Hedges has kind of picked up the last week or so. So those are obviously good signs. But when you run a guy like Jose Perel out there every day, what, is, what kind of message does that send? And I don't, I'm not a Hunter Renfro fan. I don't think Hunter Renfro is going to be an everyday player. But he's playing better. Um, he's younger. And at this point, it seems like he has a little bit more confidence. So there's really no reason for me to play Jose Perella. And I'm, I'm kind of switching my tune. I know you guys can say blah blah blah. I'm changing my tune. That's fine. You have to change your tune, right? You have to kind of go with the punches. That's that's what baseball is. You play. Yeah. You play yeah. the player who gives you a reason to play them. And at this point, Hunter yeah. Renfro, he's not yeah. he's not lighting the world on fire, but he's giving you a reason to play him. And it's just dumb that Jose Perella is getting any playing time, whether it's in left field or second base or anywhere. I mean. He's, there's really no reason for him to be playing. And, I mean, you can discuss Travis Jankowski a little bit and whether he should be playing over Renfro. That's another kind of discussion. Uh, but at this point, I don't think Perella should be playing over Aswahe or even, I mean, Corey Spangenberg at this point. I, know, I don't think Corey Spangenberg is anything at this point. He hasn't really shown me enough. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I would rather play Corey Spangenberg than Perella because at least there's upside. I mean, Perella, there's really nothing now. You know who he is. 
He's shown you who he is. Uh, um, and then people saying he's got trade value. I mean, shut up. I mean, there's this is not a guy you trade for anything. I mean, you might get a bag of balls from another team for Jose Perella, but he's not a trade piece. Um, people writing articles saying he's a trade piece. I mean, it's it's silly. Um, yeah, so it's not gonna happen. Uh, now, if you this- can convince if you can convince the Phillies to take Freddie Galvis back and send us back De Los Santos, sign me up. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, I I I don't I, I don't know where to go with this. I understand Perella has been atrocious. There's no there's no way to to justify starting him anymore. To justify playing him anymore. Um, this team's gonna have to make some moves. We know that. We are aware of that. Uh, as far as the critique of Andy Green, I think it's a little unfair because the, the team is structured right now with a lot of maybes, a lot of. Uh, Aswahes, Spangenbergs, uh, Renfro's, Jankowski's, players that could be something that could not be something, players that show flashes of, of brilliance or show flashes of being worth something and then suddenly digress. Uh, it, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to put the whole finger on him when the team lost someone like Denilson Lamette in spring training who they had a high hopes for and high regards for. Uh, the loss of Franchi Cordero has been big for this team, but yet there are some things structurally with this team that are confusing. Uh, the whole Franmil Reyes being up right now is, is confusing to me. I, I I don't know why he's here right now. He's not playing. Yeah, I he's, totally agree on that front. Yeah, it's. I mean, you and I are, are not huge Hunter Renfro fans, but we've seen enough out of him to that he deserves a chance to play at this point and. At the age of 26, he's still young enough to be able to, for everything to click. So he needs at bats. Uh, Fran Mills just turned 23. He still has his whole future ahead of him. There's, there's still time for him to, to to further his advancement in the game. There's obvious issues with him when it comes to swinging and missing and strike zone stuff. But it, I, I just I'm 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 concerned and wondering what's going on in baseball operations in the front office with this team, when you have someone like Perello still on the 25-man roster, when you have uh, Fran Mille called up seemingly to just kind of cruise on the bench and, and get a pinch hit here and there when he c- could be playing every day in El Paso, uh, it, it's it's intriguing. It's it's interesting. Uh, who's pulling the strings here? Is it Andy Green? Is it A.J. Preller? Is Ron Fowler calling down and making moves and suggesting the team make moves with the roster? I would hope not. I would hope that the baseball operations is, is free to make the decisions themselves, but we're only speculating and discussing about what we see. We don't necessarily know the internal part of the game and what's necessarily going on on the inside, so we're just going to have to kind of evaluate what we can see, and at, at this point, with the team sitting 40 and 59, fans aren't aren't happy, and rightfully so. This team's played horribly this past. I mean, this, that Cubs homestand was, was just... Oh man, it was just it's it's hard to watch. Yeah, and, I mean, I think we expect it to be bad, but I mean, I didn't really yeah. expect a complete shit show where I don't I don't no. really I I find it hard to even watch games anymore because it's just it's so it's so such bad baseball, you know what I mean? It's just yeah, not fun yeah. to watch. And it seems like some of these guys are just so checked out. And at this point, I, I wouldn't mind shipping some guys out and bringing up some young minor leaguers, guys that actually you know, it seems like they want to actually play. They want to, you know, earn their spot. Cuz some of these guys it just seems like I mean, 
I know Eric Hosmer's like the big, you know, hot shot with the contract, but I mean, he just looks like he's not interested. And I don't know if that's because the team sucks. I don't know if that's because he's not liking San Diego. I can't speak for any of that. But he just does looks he looks not interested. He doesn't seem like he wants to change his approach. He doesn't seem like he's really taking responsibility for to being a shitty the last month. I mean, he's got a seventy seven percent ground ball rate in the last thirty days. That's obscene. Wow. I mean, name me a player wow. in baseball who can sustain a 77% ground ball rate that's not named Billy Hamilton. Um, yeah. It's just it's yeah. a joke. He's not a he's not a slap hitter. So why are you why do you have a 77% ground ball rate? I just yeah. I don't get how it's that bad and there's been no adjustments seeming No, yeah, his, his numbers are, are crazy. I mean, I'm not an analytics guy, but I look at his numbers, he's got a negative launch angle, which is That's just uh, for a first crazy. baseman with a 140 yeah. million dollar contract. I'm not expecting him to hit 40 home runs, but He's a he's a doubles hitter, and if you can't do that, then this is this is concerning. As much as people want to talk shit about Will Myers, and I was on that train, I get it. I said a lot of negative things about Will Myers, but so far he has shown the ability to adjust. And obviously, he's very hit or miss in terms of. There's been questions about is he all the way there with his head in the game at times. He seems like he kind of comes and goes, um, but at the, this point, he's showing that he can when he's healthy. He's right now he's performing. I know he wasn't performing last year when he was healthy, but. Hosmer just hasn't shown. I mean, he was performing well at the beginning of the year. That was awesome. But he's taken the step back, and it's just about how he's going to adjust. And at this point, he doesn't really seem like the kind of person who's interested in adjusting. And at, at this point, it just seems like a giant F you to stats. And that's not an approach yeah. that you can get by with in 2018 in Major League Baseball. So I'm, I'm no, curious I, to see I, how that kind of plays out. I, I agree with you. Some players just really just don't even embrace the statistics and the analytical side at all, and some do. Uh, I'd be interested to talk to Eric and, and wonder if if he even looks at the stuff or even cares to look at the stuff. And you know, it's it's tough because they've gone this far in not preparing themselves and not looking at launch angles and not worried about things like that. And they've obviously been successful. So when issues arrive, it it's it takes a special player to go out and find a new way to to gather in their information and a, and a new way to to digest it and a new way to analyze it and he's going to have to do that at some point you would think i mean when pitchers are pitching you a certain way with two strikes and statistics back that up you you have to recognize that you have to you'd be foolish not to right i mean yeah it's i think the, the point is that it's not sustainable and i know we can all say, oh, this isn't the kind of player Hosmer is. He's in a slump. Um, my bigger concern is just the attitude. It doesn't seem like he's interested in any sort of criticism. It doesn't seem like he's interested in improving at all. And I know who, who cares what us fans think, right? But when you have an interview with, with you know, like Dennis Lynn or someone in the media, and the, the responses he gives just seems like he's not a guy who's open to coaching. And, and that he was supposed to be a clubhouse leader. He's supposed to be this kind of guy. And if he's not interested in being coached, he's not interested in improving, then what are you doing here? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, his K-rate is, is is career worst right now. I, 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 I do expect for him to catch fire. I do expect for him to bring his numbers up. Baseball is a, law, a game of law of averages. It's, it's about it, – it's going to happen. I, you know, I, I, it's just – it's frustrating because fans have yet to see both Hosmer and Myers at 27 and 28 – play together in the lineup and be successful and both be hitting at the same time. We, we've yet to see that. So it's, I would think it's going to come eventually. I would hope it's going to come eventually. 
we'll just have to we'll, let's just move on off the Eric Cosmer topic at this point because it, it's just it's frustrating. It, it's just frustrating. I one mean, more, the team's one, frustrating. One more thing. Go, go for it. His his O swing percentage, which is uh, percentage of swings on pitches outside of the strike zone, is at forty five percent currently. Mm-hmm, Actually, nearly mm-hmm. forty six. That's a career high, and it's climbed. Wow. It's climbed climbed pretty steadily since the beginning of this year. So yeah, I mean, it's gone, yeah, up, I mean, and he's down. It's gone up and down a bit. It's been below his career average for parts of the year, but overall, it's it's at a pretty dangerous place in terms of his career. And if you look at his ground ball rate. Um, his ground ball rate is also at nearly the highest point. I mean, there was one point in the beginning of July his ground ball rate was near eighty percent, um, which is obscene. So yeah, yeah. that is it's it's amazing. It's it really is. Yeah, it's not no. sustainable for a player who just got a huge contract and a player who is playing a position where he does not provide anything of value defensively or on the base pass. I mean, I was talking to you before the show. His he's he's at negative WAR and he's he's actually been worse than Chase Headley this year. Believe it or not. Obviously, Chase Headley wow. only played, you know, what, 20 games or whatever, but he's been worse than Chase Headley. So he's been a bigger negative on this team, according to that, than Chase Headley. And you guys can shit talk war all you want. That's fine. But there's something to those numbers, right? His, he's a below yeah. he's a below average hitter currently for the year. His defense has not been good by most metrics. He's not a good base runner. He doesn't really provide anything on the bases, and that's fine. You don't expect a guy like that to do that. But you, you need him to be at, like, a 130, a 140 WRC plus to be a worthwhile player. And at this point... He's been pretty awful. So I think he deserves every bit of criticism he's gotten so far, especially if you want to talk about Will Myers and, oh, his big contract. I mean, Hosmer's already getting the big bucks. Myers hasn't gotten the big bucks yet. so Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's just frustrating. I mean, the team is full of, of players who are frustrating to watch on a nightly basis. Uh, let's move into another one who, who frustrates me personally, and that's Christian Villanueva. Uh, you know, we all know the home runs. He's sitting at, uh, was he have 19 right now, which is phenomenal for a, a rookie. But then you look at his numbers. His OPS is under, I think it's like 770 right now or something. His on-base percentage is, is under 300. Slugging is even under 500. So the homers are there, but they're kind of, they're kind of mysterious and, and not necessarily telling the whole story of this young man. I I don't know. It, it, he's still 27. What what is the future for Christian Villanueva? Is it in a Padre uniform? Are are they obligated to ride him out for the rest of this year and moving into next year because of all the home runs? Uh, let's talk about the Mexican right-hander. Um, to me, I don't I don't think he's a long-term answer at third. But I really have no mm-hmm. problem throwing him out there next year, maybe even 2020, and just seeing what he's got. And kind of like Corella, okay. until you see him fail, just give him the chance. I mean, obviously he hasn't but been... But, I mean, isn't he failing to some degree at this point now? I, I, mean... I would say no. I mean, he's got a he's above average uh, WRC+. Plus. He's at 110. Um, okay, his his okay, defense okay. is... I mean, take Fangrass for what it is. The defense is improving. The defense yeah, is improving. It's a, he's above average currently. I mean, he's at point five yeah. at DEF, which is like Fangrass kind of defensive rating they kind of take everything into account so he's been positive i mean he's, he's worth over one war so he's on pace for pretty much a two war season which is an average player i mean that's a that's replacement level so it's not like he's garbage he's not unplayable i don't okay, think he's okay. a long-term answer at third because i mean arguably you want a third baseman like i mean you think of like nolan arenado chris bryant manny machado i mean obviously mm-hmm. machado's playing mm-hmm. short but all those guys you know are five six win players and you hope that tatis can be that whether that's a short or third is a different discussion but at this point Villanueva looks like a pretty good bench bat I mean 
if you there's not a better I don't know if there's a better player I'd have to look up the stats specifically but I'm not sure there's a better player on the league to have off the bench to bat against the left-handed pitcher because yeah, he's just yeah. seen at this point and I'm going to actually yeah. pull up the stats right now while I'm talking but I don't know if there's a better player in the league if you need a you need a him home and, run against him a lefty. And Ren, him and Renfro probably have uh very good numbers off the bench against left-handed batters. Oh yeah, for sure. I would think. I, I, just in general against lefties. I mean, you put a lefty yeah. in the mound, and with putting those two in Myers, it's like that's a dangerous lineup against lefties. The the problem is that how many lefties do you really face? Luckily, the Dodgers have several, so they do yeah. a little bit better against yeah. the Dodgers than they probably would otherwise. Although they still yeah. have their problems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, I definitely think he's worth playing. I don't think he's at the point where you just dump him outright. I think he's worth playing this year, maybe even next year, maybe the year after. Um, really, like I said, until he shows you that he's not worth playing, um, I think he does enough to kind of get by, so to speak. And the defense improving is definitely a good sign. I'm, I'm glad to see that because that's really the big thing was can he not suck so much on defense? And I think yeah. he's, he's shown that he's decent. I mean, he's not great on defense, but, I mean, if he can be passable, that's definitely fine with the offense that he provides. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard reports of him watching a lot of video, studying a lot of, on his defense, and improving in that regard. And that, that bodes well to his future. Uh, we'll just have to wait to see if he can make the adjustments with the, with his swing, because at this point, he seems to want to hook everything. I mean, he is, for lack of a better word, he's a hooker up there. He goes up there, and he <laughs> he hooks he hooks outside pitches and hooks them over the left field wall. That That's what his forte is. That's why he victimizes lefties so easily. So... He's going to have to recognize that slider against right-handed pitchers. He's going to have to lay off of it, and he's going to have to use the middle of the field to to be serviceable long term. But I, he's an interesting case. I mean, th- this team is just full of interesting options. That's I think that's why we have such problems right now. I mean, there, there's just there's so many different elements. Hedges has been playing better now. He's been hitting better, but mysteriously, his defense has been lacking. I, I, you know, I interviewed him a few weeks ago in the dugout. I kind of grilled him a little bit on his elbow. I wanted to find out about his elbows, whether or not it was bothering him. He reassured me it wasn't, but I, I, I just tend to think that it might be to a tick because I'm not seeing the, the same throws from him. I'm seeing him kind of whip the ball with his elbow, kind of leave his elbow uh, to the side instead of getting it up and getting through the ball through the through the throw. Uh, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Give me your thoughts on Hedges because he has looked better uh, with the bat, although you know, I, I don't think that he's going to be a, a 270, 280 hitter in his career, but it's nice to see him at least make some adjustments and uh, become a better better batter, right? Yeah. Just some quick notes before I move to Hedges. Just some quick notes on Villanueva. He's, he's got 98 plate appearance against, against lefties. Um, he's fifth in all of baseball with a 208 WRC+. Plus. Uh, wow. The only guys above him are Stanton, Arenado, Mookie Betts, and Nicholas Castellanos. So that's good company. So nice. he's a masher against lefties. Now, given that he has a 110 WRC+, plus, you can kind of you know figure where his uh, right-handed WRC+, plus is, which is well below average. So that's obviously the issue there. Mm-hmm. Um, and for what it's worth, Will Myers is up at a 162 WRC+, plus against lefties. So he's definitely been no slouch. Um, and then I'm also going to pull up Renfro because it's always good to – have that as a reference. So Renfro has a 131 against lefties and a 97 against righties. So actually, Renfro's been respectable against um, righties, yeah. which has been good. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, but moving really on to Hedges, um, he's been obviously great to see him improving recently. Um, mm-hmm. He's only played 39 games, so it's kind of hard. He's really only played a small fraction of the season. But, I mean, at the pace he's on, I think realistically he could be um, – for fan graphs, it's kind of hard because they don't really – 
they don't really value defense the same way for catchers that you know Baseball Reference does, Baseball Prospectus, so other versions of WAR. So you got B WAR and uh, WARP. Um, so Hedges, I think realistically he's like a two or three win player for Fangraphs at, at the best, and that's if he's more of a league average hitter. Right now he's at 82 WRC plus, so below league average. Um, for catchers, it's a little bit lower, but catchers has obviously improved recently. Um, so, yeah, I think it's been good to see him improving on offense. I still think he's not a great hitter, obviously. No, yeah. Um, uh, but given his defense, <laughs> I, I don't see a reason for him not to be the catcher, at least in the short term. Now, if someone comes up later on and pushes him off that spot, I'm fine with that. I'm not, mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. like, connected to him. I'm not indebted to him. I'm not, like, sold on him yet. But his defense is so good that unless someone else can show me better defense or at least as good defense with offense – I see no reason to push Hedges to the side. Now, the problem, like I said earlier, is if he is another one of, like, five holes in the lineup, that's obviously an issue. Now, if you have a deep lineup with Tatis and Urias up and Hosmer and Myers both playing well and some other parts in there, now he can be – he's fine as an eight-hitter. Like, I don't care if he's a hole in the lineup because he does so much in the field. He does so much with the pitching staff. So I don't don't really care if he's a hole. But on the flip side of that, if he can't be, you know – at least a, a slightly below average hitter, then you're going to kind of, it's going to, patience is going to wear thin um, as you get to be a competing team, as you get kind of more prospects up and they kind of turn the corner a bit. Um, so yeah, he's very, still in a wishy washy sort of spot for me. I mean, I love him, swoon, all that good stuff, um, but you got to see more from him at the plate. And for what it's yeah. worth, Christian Villanueva, I just looked it up, he's got a 61 WRC plus against righties. So, about 150 Ooh. points lower than his wow. against lefties. So that's a pretty. I don't know if there's a gap. I, I don't. Fancrafts doesn't. Fancrafts doesn't have a, doesn't have a way you can cycle or like filter for that. But I there, I would not. I would not be surprised if there's not a bigger gap in baseball uh, in terms of against lefties and against friends. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty recognizable. Pretty huge. I I, I guess that makes sense with the Spangenberg uh, Villanueva platoon they've been running out there. Uh, and now with Aswahi kind of taking away at bats every once in a while from right-handers, I, you know Andy Green just has so many moving parts. I know people want to just critique him for the Perella issue, which is a big issue and big problem that that uh, he should own up to. But there's just so many factors in this team. I mean, we're not even getting into the starting staff. Um, well, let's get into it. I mean, with two rookies on the mound uh, every fifth night. It, it you never know what you're going to get, and especially when you factor in uh, you know the other moving parts like you know throwing in a Jordan Lyles in there. It, it's it's been a work in progress for this team this whole year. I mean the Brian Mitchell experiment in the beginning of the year was horrendous. Who they got? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They got little out of uh, Cosma Makita when he was here. There's been problems with this team. There's been issues with this team that 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 need to be recognized. That kind of Make them who they are. I mean, when Tyson Ross is is uh, is pitching like your best pitcher, and Clayton Richard is your ace, then you have problems if you're trying to compete. I mean, Clay, no disrespect to Clayton Richard, he goes out there and he works hard every single day, but ultimately you'd like to see Clayton Richard as your number four, maybe even your number five pitcher, someone who can go out there and mentor young players and and give it his best. But the Padres are unfortunately counting on more from him, and it's 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 been an it's been a problem, but. Yeah, so you know, I know we've talked about the major league team this whole this whole time. Let, let's let's move into let's move into some prospects because there's right. like always a, a brighter <laughs> there's always a brighter brighter uh, brighter side down the road, right? The grass is always greener on the other side. Um, so they say. 
<laughs> did you have a chance to check out the futures game? Uh, I on didn't. Sunk? Yeah, I don't have the. I don't have the cable. Obviously, I don't. Okay. Have, okay. It was on MLB Network, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, I don't have MLB it, Network, so I'm, I would. It, I was trying to find like a, a way to watch it online, or like a uh-huh, uh-huh. at least like a. I watched some highlights, but you can only get so much from highlights because you only see like the players they want you to see, so to speak. I mean, I, I did see Tatis, um, his a couple of his hits. Um, uh-huh. I saw Buddy Reed making a nice catch, which was kind of funny considering who hit it. Um, yeah. So I, I saw a couple highlights, but I didn't get to see the whole. And it's kind of sad because I'm a very, I'm a huge prospect hound. I mean, I know most of the players in the game. I watch uh-huh. most of the players in the game, so I try to keep up with most of them. Um, even the guys not on the Padres, but yeah, sadly I did not get to watch the whole game. But I think you did. So give me, give me your thoughts. Yeah, the the, the game was excellent, and it really showed off the Padres really well. That particular play we were talking about, where Reed uh, robbed uh, Fernando Tatis, was just kind of the highlight of the play for Padres of the, of the game for for Padre fans for sure. Uh, the interaction between those two, the future with those two, is really bright. I, I love the way Tatis carries himself. So I love the way he talks uh, about the game. Talks about getting better. Uh, I love the smile on Buddy Reed. The fact that he's so personal—it's—it's it's exciting for this future of this franchise. Luis Arias had a great showing as well. I don't want to take anything away from him. He's really close and should be here uh, within a matter of weeks or months uh, on the on the Padres. So the future is bright with this team. It's just—I know it's frustrating for Padre fans because we had that 2015 season uh, where everything was supposed to go right and the team had finally gone into relevancy and you know look at all these stars we have and we fell completely on our face and it was embarrassing uh the team changed gears moved on from the superstars and and started this rebuilding process but this rebuilding process has been bearing fruit look at what Lucchese and Lauer are doing those are not top draft picks those are not top top round picks those are players that have exceeded expectation gone the extra mile that our farm system that our, that our, our scouts and our and the baseball operations teams have picked up on picked up on the personality seen that they could be that type of person and, and it, it just bodes well for the future of this franchise look at that double a lineup the other day I mean it started with it had Reed Austin Allen Josh Naylor Tatis I mean it's stacked I mean the, the, the team in Fort Wayne is absolutely Remarkable. Uh, the other day, I was in Lake, Lake Elsinore and I was talking to Nick Markovicius, and, and he was just just going on and on about all those young kids in Fort Wayne and how excited he is to see them progress because they're all teenagers and they all get it and they'll be here soon. It's just a matter of waiting. And you know, I get it, Padre fans. I've been a fan of this team my whole life. It's I, I understand the frustration, but. Unlike any other time in the future of this franchise, we are set up for success. Now, whether or not that happens is a whole different story because the game of baseball, anything can happen. But I feel so confident about the amount of talent that we're going to have, and it's going to be exciting to see these young players come up and play at Petco. Uh, Patrick, give me your thoughts on on just the farm system in general. I know we gush about it every once in a while, but uh, I think it needs to be said right now, especially with the state of the uh, the current major league team. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as we've said so many times, the farm system's stacked. Um, I could just run down the list. Austin Allen, Naylor, Tatis, Potts, Urias, Rosario, Ruiz, Ornelas, Camposano, uh, Buddy Reed. Those are all guys I've named who have WRC plus over 100 on the year um, on the offense. There's obviously been some disappointments, but 
with that many guys performing at an, an optimal level, that's definitely a good sign. Um, you have Chris Paddock setting the world on fire. Uh, Jacob Nix has been good in the time he's been on the field. Logan Allen's been stellar. Baez has been great. Lawson's been better than before. Morahone's been solid. Um, Gore has picked it up lately. Pedro Avila's been pretty pretty decent. Quantrill's yeah. had his ups and downs, but he's been, I mean, I think mostly positive on the year. Um, Andres Munoz has looked good. There's just so many guys. I mean, yeah. it's just crazy. I mean, look at the, two, the 2018 draft picks are even excelling. I mean, Owen Miller, Grant Little, uh, Dylan Coleman's already in Fort Wayne. Uh, for a guy who was just drafted, what, a month ago? A little over a month ago, he's already mm-hmm. in, in Fort Wayne in a, in a regular season baseball and has yet to allow a, an earned run. I mean, it, there's some there's reason to be excited about this franchise. There really is. It's yeah, not I mean, just, and I'm just naming top 30 guys. I mean, you got Nick Margavicious. Yeah. Aaron Leisher's been good. He made the all-star yes. team. Yes. Um, you got uh, Joey Cantillo, who was drafted last year. He's been stellar. Yeah, um, yeah. There's just so many guys. I mean, you keep finding new guys. It's, it's no, crazy. It, I... It's. I'm currently working on my top 100. Um, I'm about 60 to 70 percent into it, and I'm at the part right now where I'm cutting down names. And there's pretty damn good prospects in the 70, 80, 90th uh, numeral range for this team. That you know are 17, 18 year old, 19 year old kids that can easily just take off at any moment. I mean, it, it's it's pretty mind blowing. When I when you do the daily reports that we do uh, here at uh, East Village Times, and, and you find the name of another 17 year old kid in the DSL who's uh, got an ERA under two and is performing well, so it, it just shows you that the Padres baseball operations team is going the extra mile, and they are surely doing their work and they surely doing their job. It's just going to take time for us to see the benefits at the major league level, and that's just the bottom line. And I mean, shout out to my boy Tukapita Marcano, who's just tearing yes. apart the uh, Padres yeah. ACL. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know, I talked to Blake Hunt earlier this year about that young man, and he was really impressed with him. He's, he says that he's a hard worker. He's taking his game to the new next level, and and he's someone that really wants to go far in the game. And when you hear recognition like that from a fellow player, it, it really means something. It's not just you know. Uh, a family member or a scout trying to, to, to hype you up on this guy. It's someone who's recognizing the work that this guy's putting in right next to you, rubbing elbows with you, and uh, it, it's a good thing. And, and there's plenty of names in the system that are emerging in that regard. So uh, it's it, it, I'm, I'm just happy. Anytime I, I start to think about how bad the Major League team is, uh, I go on milb.com or just and watch a missions so, game and you're happy. Yes, <laughs> yes. Go drive up, drive up the 15 and watch an Elsinore game and, and uh, talk all's, to those young guys. And, <laughs> Dude, yeah, Elsinore exactly. is crazy. Like every time you go up there, you get a good pitcher. I mean, obviously Paddock's now gone, but yeah, yeah. you got Baez and Morahone and Lawson. It's like every night you, you, you know, get someone worth watching. Yeah, I, the last time I was out there, I saw Bolanos and he was really impressive to me. I saw him hitting 97, uh, upwards to 98 on the radar gun. And then featuring a curveball that was in the mid '60s, which is, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, he still has issues to work with mechanics and location and stuff, but with a, almost a 30 mile per hour pitch difference between your fastball and your off speed, that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, he he has to work on not telemarking the the uh, the slow curve as much, but I, that's just another name out there. I believe he's 20, 21, and just not talked about. It, it's it, there's just so many there really is 
Yeah, it's kind of an endless list. Uh, it goes on and on and on. And it does. as we've it done does. before, we could talk about this forever, but <laughs> there's just but so much, have. so much to see. And obviously, it's so much. It's eminently more watchable than the Padres on a nightly basis. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, let's uh, let's transition back into the major league team. Uh, uh, the last topic that I really want to hit on. Um, if you folks don't know by now, this is an unscripted show. We kind of just went off the cup. Uh, Patrick no, and I had no some free preparation time needed. There's no preparation needed here. Uh, <laughs> excuse me if we've made mistakes, but we are human. Um, let, let's talk about the fact that in recent days, the Padres seem to be uh, kind of leading towards maybe moving to the brown color. I know that's something that you and I don't really focus on very much, don't really care about. I'm all about the product on the field and, and accountability for that, but I, I think that's interesting. Um Give me your thoughts on that. Are they really going to move to the Brown? Or are we going to see uh, a way back Wednesday and a, and a throwback Friday when we're going to be rocking these ice cream man white uniforms? I mean, are they fully committed to the Brown? Or are we going to see uh, half and half? Or are they going to con- continue rocking 17 different ensembles on a, on a weekly basis? It's just, I- I'd like to see some semblance in this team. I'd like for them to pick a color and a scheme and stick to maybe two or three uniforms and that's it but that's just me on my soapbox i mean i i think i would genuinely be surprised if they actually pick brown um with that being said i do think they'll cut the bullshit and pick a color and stick with it um good they they seem from the comments i've seen intent on making a decision um i don't know if it's gonna be the right decision because i know there's a big, big part of the fan base that wants brown and i mean i've never been a big you know bring back the brown guy but I will say it's bullshit when they say that this this is a vocal minority. I mean, yeah, if you no, go to a Padre vocal. game, you go out in public, you go anywhere in San Diego, how often do you see blue Padre, you know, uniforms or hats or whatever, memorabilia, memorabilia uh, <laughs> any sort of merch? I meant to say merchandise, not memorabilia, but you get the idea. Um, how often do you see blue compared to brown? I think it's probably 80-20, at least in my experience. More yeah. brown. Even like the orange, which I think I, a lot of people like the orange as well, which is another discussion. But I definitely hope they make the right decision. I think... There's more identity in blue or orange, the combination, or sorry, there's more identity in brown and orange than obviously the blue. Um, yeah. Think of how many teams in baseball have blue, um, yes. whether it's whether it's navy blue or whether it's lighter blue or whether it's whatever, royal blue. Um, there's so many teams with blue, and there's not a single team that really has brown as the primary color or even orange to an extent as a primary or secondary color. So I think that's the better call. I Like I said, I don't really care at the end of the day. They could wear pink, and I'd be – fine with it as long as they're winning Um, but at the end of the day I hope they make the right decision with this whole uniform discussion yeah just just pick a color please that's that's the big thing pick something I don't care what it is I won't be too mad just pick something so I don't just keep having this conversation yeah pick something and please don't make it horrendous and we're good to go we can just move forward with our lives all of the Padre fans and we can focus on accountability between the team and the product on the field, because that's what's most important, not necessarily what color uniform we have. Amen. Um, all right, Patrick, uh, anything else before we get out of here on our huge extravaganza? You know, this is our 100th episode. You know, we we went all out with all our special guests and all of our uh, bells and whistles that we threw out for the uh, fan base on this. Yeah, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's better sometimes just to keep it simple, you know? I mean, we could have had a big party. We could have gone crazy, but um, there's time for that, you know? So, yeah. I don't yeah. mind the easy episode, you know, just 
shooting the shit, talking about yeah. how bad this team's been. Um, you know, it's all good. Yeah, that's our philosophy is to keep it stupid si- simple. So uh, <laughs> I don't think I think we're pretty good. Uh, hopefully, we won't be back in another month. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> we'll be back soon. We have guests uh, in the wait. We have some pretty good guests lined up. I uh, just you know it's tough coordinating uh, time between Patrick and I, let alone a third person. So. Uh, look for us to try to get back on track. Uh, we have not given up this endeavor, uh, contrary to some of the rumors that are out there. We are still going to try to trek on with this podcast. Um, I will not be a Marver. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was it the the referring to you as Marver that got you got you motivated. Yeah. I will not be a Marver. That is that is what I will say. Nothing against Marver, but I will not be a Marver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although I sound like Marver well, talking shit about Jose Perella. <laughs> I, I know we were saying all, we were, we're saying eat at Marver. We were talking about that and Fernando Tatis. Yeah, you he know, was right. He we, was right on Perella. He was right. He was. He was. We, def- you know, both you and I defended him. But I think our main defense was just to ride him out there until he was not serviceable and and it only took two weeks. And, yeah. Well, yeah. And here we are, four months later. <laughs> yeah. It, it's his time has come and gone. It's time to move on. Let's see some younger players. Let's see the future. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Uh, there's going to be some changes on this roster, I would imagine, fairly soon. We didn't really talk into to, to trade rumors very much, but um, maybe we'll get into that to the next podcast. Can we? Uh, uh, there's four. Can we four. end? Can we end by talking about how uh, Manny Machado looks like he's going to go to L.A. and looks like yeah. they're going to give up a lot of stuff, and we should be happy. Oh, I mean, yes, we should, he, he gets we traded there. They give up three prospects. He doesn't. They don't resign him. I'm fine. There, with there's him. yeah. There, there's no way. There's no way they're going to resign him with Seager and, and Turner. So they're I mean, they, they could. Him. It's just a matter of. Do they want to go over the uh, luxury tax? Because they're going to have to dump some contracts. And I, I'm kind of curious to see if, if they somehow find a way to get the Orioles to take Matt Kemp or one of the other kind of big contracts yeah. on the team. That'd be interesting. Because they, they yeah. don't want to go over the, the uh, luxury tax, and they're pretty close. Well, what, what about position-wise, though? I mean, Machado's going to play short of third. Turner's uh, a third baseman. Well, I mean, they're yeah. good for the rest of the year because... Obviously, Seager's out. Well, so yeah, Machado yeah. There, I'm, I'm but... talking about the future. If they, yeah, I mean, Dodger fans are already talking about resigning this guy. Already talking, making plans for for you know Harper and and, and Machado for 2009. I mean, you know how Dodger fans are. They they go overboard. But I, I I hope they pay. I hope they pay an exorbitant price tag, and I hope that it's just you know I I, I don't want to wish Dodger fans too much bad luck, but uh, you know how it is, right? Yeah, I, I wish it <laughs> I mean, give up, give up all your prospects. It's fine. No I, yeah, if 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 they're giving up Diaz, which I've seen as a mention in that, that that alone is is pretty hefty price. Uh, if they're going to give up two or three more other prospects, including, I don't know. We'll, Sign we'll me have up. to see. I'll take it. I'll take and it. Then, every day and then and then you know you mentioned Kemp. Is that worth mention? Worth messing with your chemistry which already in existence to you know I, I, the Dodgers seem to always do that always tweak with their chemistry and in the end they haven't won since 1988 so maybe they should kind of chill out on that but you know that's just me mm-hmm. um all right folks uh sorry we went to a little bit of a Dodger rant there at the end about Machado <laughs> I don't know how that came out but sorry uh, th- th- <laughs> thank you folks for joining us uh, this is our 100th episode of the East Village Times podcast. Uh, Patrick, I think I'm good if you want to just take us out of here. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe it's already been 100. It's feel, it feels like just yesterday we started this endeavor. Yeah, um, really. Now we got lots of uh, people on the train with us, and I'm glad to have – I like I've said before, I have no problem with 500 podcasts. I mean, we might run out of things to talk about eventually with all of us, but 
Um, I think the more the merrier. Um, it's been good kind of getting to know everybody who also has podcasts. It's been good kind of, you know, Amen. yeah, t- talking to each other, playing off each other. It's been it's been good times. And we do fight on Twitter here and there, but at the end of the day. Uh, at least for me, it's all love for most people. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, you can find us on Podbean. That's where we're hosted. Um, we're also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, you should be able to find us there. We're also on Spotify now. I made that happen uh, over our break, so it's not like I wasn't doing nothing. Yeah, um, but yeah so 100, 100 episodes in the books, hoping for 100 more. Yep, exactly. Uh, East Village Times Podcast, signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast.